0: This is I Doubt It with Dollamore, with hosts Jesse Dollamore and Brittany Page, a podcast dedicated to free-thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, but most importantly, a good time. All right, everybody, welcome to the show, episode 59, if you can believe it, episode 59 of I Doubt It. I am your host, Jesse Dollimore, and sitting across from me, white headphones akimbo, is the lovely Brittany Page.
1: You're lucky I'm not eating chips today. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Well, you aren't eating chips mainly because you finished the bag about 20 minutes ago. (laughs) they're gone so there's no chips to be eaten
1: okay well you know that actually makes me look good because it was several days before the chips were gone right we've also
0: been out of the out of the the house and away from the chips for a long time so your ability to eat them although we were at trader joe's yesterday and you could have bought a new case of chips to eat
1: exactly (laughs) and i didn't congratulations to me
0: Speaking of congratulations, I made a purchase relative to the technological abilities that I will be able to display on the show.
1: Right. Yeah. You're just giddy about it.
0: Uh It's a mixing board, which it's way more advanced than what I had before. And it's going to allow me to... assign. I have a little program where I can assign... It's like a regular actual radio show now. Right. Where I can... I have buttons. And... You can do
1: drops. You yeah. don't have to insert it at the, you know, when we're done recording. You can just do it.
0: Right. Well, I'm also, I've started to, uh, uh, well, from here on out, I'm going to be accumulating drops of either bloopers from you or when you're bitchy to me and that gets edited out. Like like this one.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, my God.
0: And those are going to be played a lot. <laughs> Those are going to be played oh. a lot.
1: You're just throwing me under the bus. <laughs> wow.
0: And then the other good thing about, well, not just having the mixing board, but its placement. Because it's in proximity to me. It's not in proximity to you. Because I know the power that goes to your head when you have a mixing board at your disposal. And I think the audience would like to know to what I, I refer
1: So when I was in church, right? That's what you're referring to? Yes,
0: that's exactly the story.
1: (laughs) So when I was a teenager, I used to run the sound booth at church with my mom. She would run like the computer part where you do the song slides.
0: Right, like during worship service. Right, right.
1: And I would run the soundboard. So I would make sure the band sounded good and I'd, I'd be there before, you know, the show started, you know, when practice was going on to get everyone's levels right, make sure they could hear themselves, all that fun stuff. <laughs> and there were. I'm only
0: laughing in advance because I know the story. <laughs> and also further, I know the type of person that you're getting ready to describe.
1: Right. So there were some people that would, you know, rise to the top as D-bags and they would, you know, like the gossipy type of women that you see at church, right? Who
0: were in the worship band or worship singing group.
1: Right. They were singers. And I would have, you know, certain women come up to me and say, oh, can you... um turn me up, you know, I just think it would sound better if I'm a little bit higher. And it's she wasn't talking about her monitor because we had figured that out while everyone was singing together. You know, they would stop the song, oh, I can't hear myself and my monitor. For, for,
0: so for those of you who don't know in the audience, a monitor is the, if you've ever been to a concert and they've got the speakers that are facing toward, I don't, there's probably some people who don't know, but there are the speakers that face toward the performance, the the performers. So like a person playing guitar, his monitor is playing back himself or herself playing the guitar so they can hear how they sound right and each each vocalist is also going to have a monitor or a couple of people will share a monitor so go ahead that's what a monitor is
1: right and so it wasn't that they were wanting to hear themselves in their monitor it was they wanted to be louder right.
0: they wanted the the pa speakers facing toward the audience to be louder so they the their mix their wonderful vocal mix would be right. louder for everyone to hear,
1: right, and this well
0: hang on w- weren't there also times where they would not only say, "Hey, turn me up in the mon- or turn me up in the p a so I could be heard, but why don't you turn them a little bit down because they're they're a little off today?
1: I did have things like that said, yes, they would make criticisms like that, and it was a little i didn't like it right, I was right. not a fan, so
0: Brittany wielder of justice. What would you do to make sure that justice was served and things were balanced out?
1: Well, after practice, before they got up for the big-time show, right, during worship, right. I would turn their microphone off. Not just, not turn it off, I would take it out of the mix right. so that they would still be able to hear themselves.
0: Right. They could hear themselves in the monitor, right. but no one else in the church could hear them.
1: Right. <laughs> I'm so evil. (laughs)
0: You're so, you are very proud of yourself right now. Oh. So what I'm saying about the proximity of the mixing board is it's nowhere fucking near you.
1: So I can't just turn you off. Yeah.
0: There's no, there's no fumbling or fiddling around with the fucking mixing board. Also, as much as you act like you know about it, this is wildly complex. And I'm sure any knowledge you had about mixing boards, has long dissipated,
1: oh, for sure, beca- no that I was a because, teenager
0: because of the Glennbeck theory of knowledge when you rem- when you have to remember new information right. you have to forget something you know the opposite and equal reaction, so you've obviously forgotten about mixing boards right because of all the new psychology information <laughs>
1: that's true all, that all the reading can, that right, I'm doing that's right it's just gone now,
0: so it's going to be a good time going forward. I'm gonna learn as we go. If the show seems a little bit unhinged or not as fluid, it's because of that. So I'm looking forward to a to a new show.
1: And this is one of the benefits coming out of Patreon. Oh,
0: right. And listen, I'm not gonna talk. Don't 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 fall fast forward because I'm not I'm not gonna rail about the the Patreon thing again. But I do want to say this. Uh, last week or last show when I talked about it, I didn't really go into enough detail about why we're doing it. Uh, it's, it's obviously it's to support the show, but it's, it's so I can make improvements like buying a mixing board, a mixing board.
2: Wow. Like a mixing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I went out and bought a mixing board. <laughs> here, here, here. So it's for those type of things. Um, and it, it's not, I mean, if it, like it says on the Patreon, dot com slash I doubt it with dollar More page. If we get enough pledges, we'll also be able to add a third show per week. I mean there's other things other than giving us money that it's it, it doesn't just benefit us. It's definitely going to benefit you as an audience as well.
1: Yeah, because we are going to funnel it back to the show. And we're not going to talk about Patreon every episode. No.
0: In fact I think uh twice a month, three times a month, it's not going to be a regular thing. We're not going to be pimping Patreon like we do amazon
1: yes because we are still going to talk about amazon every time all
0: the fucking time stay
1: tuned for that for this episode
0: maybe 10 times a show
1: <laughs> no In fact,
0: maybe i'll get a drop that i can just automatically play oh that would be nice about amazon
1: yep see <laughs> stepping up the game and
0: for those of you who don't know like there's any that don't there is a a link on our webpage com, up at the top right hand corner that says support the show and when you go there there's many different methods by which you could support the show. So if you do it, we love you. Well, we love you anyway, but, uh, that is there. So before we move on, I want to talk about the poll results. Right. The, the poll results for caller and listener Allison provided that picture of the, 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 the mini with the sign on the back that indicated they were learning how to drive a stick shift and to be patient. I had my take. You had yours. And we asked the audience to decide. So, without further ado, what are the results?
1: I won. (laughs) (laughs) So, you got 36 votes.
0: Uh, I bet you I just got fucking leveled, didn't I?
1: And I got 37 votes. One vote. One vote.
0: I'm calling foul here. What? I'm calling foul because... I know you were just in communication with a friend and that was the vote that pushed you over. You know what? No, this is fucking collusion. Here's
1: here's the thing, though. I did send someone the link last minute. I will admit.
0: This is fucking collusion because I can tell you this. You know how many people I sent the link to other than putting it on the Facebook page? No one. I only put it on the Facebook page. In fact, I didn't even... Share the Facebook page link on my personal Facebook page. That's how much truth and honesty I have related to this very scientific poll that we
2: did.
1: Okay, well, here's what happened. Listener Clayton messaged me and he said, Mm -hmm. I want you to tell Jesse that I was in stick shift driver's ed. They do have driver's ed for people learning manual. Is
0: this the same Clayton who claims that he keeps reviewing the show that never shows up? (laughs) No. I can't listen. If I can't believe that listener Clayton is actually going to review the show in iTunes, how can I believe that listener Clayton is telling the truth about Stick Shift Driver Z?
1: Okay, here's what happened with that. The first review had profanity. The second did not. It will appear tomorrow.
0: We will see.
1: And that's a note for everyone else out there too. If you cuss in the review, it won't get posted.
0: I have a feeling that iTunes has probably filtered a lot of reviews.
1: And. If your review doesn't show up right away, don't panic. It usually takes like twenty four hours to post. So you'll see it the next day. Right. But let's not let's not move on. You're looking at the board like you're ready to move on. I that's not mo- happening. I, I won and this person wrote me and just wanted to inquire. And they said, If you do create a survey, I'm on your side. And so I'm like, here, there is a link right here. Um you may have missed it. Hmm. Go ahead and take that and I won. So that's how that went down.
0: All right. Can I, can I move on now?
1: Thanks everybody for letting me win. Can and... I, can I move on? <laughs> yeah.
0: Can the moving on happen? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, a little, a, another little piece of follow up. Uh, we will, we'll bring down the mood a little bit. Although this is a happy story <laughs> that started from something very, very shitty that happened.
1: Right. If you will
0: remember, whether you heard it on the show or whether you heard it from the national news, there was a homeless, mentally ill woman who was, um, Roaming aimlessly, I guess, on the 101, which is a, well, every fucking freeway in L.A. is busy, but a very busy, dangerous freeway.
1: I believe it was the 10 freeway near okay. La Brea Avenue.
0: Okay. Well, she was um addressed by a cop. I almost said accosted. I guess accosted would work, too, because he ended up beating the shit out of her. And this cop beat this 51-year-old black homeless ostensibly homeless, I'm not sure, um, but mentally ill woman, for sure, uh, beat her unmercifully with his fists.
1: For 15 seconds.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, for a long time. In fact, the video of it, there's almost a, a constant running loop of uh, of a video, about 45 seconds, from KTLA, the news organization here in uh, in Los Angeles, a TV show, TV station, and I put it on the page, on the Facebook page. So if you want to go check it out, that's that's where it is. But there has been a settlement in the case, and um, KCAL, Channel 9, here in L.A., did a little story about it.
3: A woman beaten by a CHP officer is speaking out today about her settlement. Marlene Pinock will get $1.5 million. KCAL 9's Dave Lopez live in West L.A., and Dave, her supporters say, this is not the end of the story. No, far from it. Uh, the attorney made it very clear that, uh, in her words, she allowed the officer in question to retire from his position rather than be outright fired. Uh, she also wants uh, the book thrown at him, if you will. And uh, she was very protective of Miss Pinnock, who is going to get a million and a half dollars, as you said, but it will be in a trust fund distributed by her lawyer.
2: I feel good about the settlement. And um, this um, this chapter can be closed in my life and I can move on. Marlene
3: Pinnock's reaction to the $1.5 million settlement that will be set up in a special trust fund for her. And her attorney made it very clear that the key to this settlement is the fact that the CHP officer seen on the video beating Miss Pinnock, Daniel Andrew, will no longer be an officer. Part of the deal was that this man not be a peace officer again, ever. That was part of the deal uh, with us, at least for the CHP. And attorney Kerry Harper isn't stopping there. We want him to do prison time. And let me be clear, we want him to receive every inch of punishment that he deserves. Whether that punishment is in the form of a magnum size or miniature size, we want him to do every inch of punish- have every inch of punishment he deserves. Miss Harper says the district attorney's office has been in touch and they will be interviewing Miss Pinnock about what happened that day and she is hoping charges are filed soon. At today's news conference, she didn't let Miss Pinnock say a lot, but Miss Pinnock was asked, is she happy with the money?
2: That's good. I was glad he lost his job because I didn't want him to hurt no one else like he hurted me. And... um Expose, expose another another woman or another um, uh, child's grandmother the way I was ex- exposed.
3: Miss Pinnick is 51 years old. She is a grandmother and a great grandmother as well. And as far as the money being distributed to her, that will be handled in a trust. She will be well taken care of, according to her attorney. She'll have a place to live, where she wouldn't say. And as far as charges go, she says the sooner the better. Reporting live from Los Angeles, Dave Lopez, on 9 News.
1: I like how the attorney said that they want the the most extreme punishment possible for him. And that if it's a magnum size or a miniature size, that's kind of colorful language when you're talking about someone going to prison. Is that what she was talking about? Because <laughs> that's immediately where my mind went.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I I think she just means that whatever punishment is able to be meted out, she wants... The full, like, if, if there's a, if there's a, the medium punishment, he, she wants his cup to be full of the medium. And if the cup, if it's a big gulp, she wants that fucking big gulp filled to the brim with punishment. And I, I agree. After watching the video, and please go to the Facebook page. Just, I know there's many, many, many more people who, um, who listen to the show that don't follow the Facebook page. And that's fine if you're not into the Facebook thing or you don't want to follow us on fucking Facebook, whatever. But the video's there, and it is it is disturbing. And I would say that I don't know that a million and a half dollars is enough relative to a punishment against the the California Highway Patrol for hiring a maniac like this. Right. Because he certainly doesn't need to be a fucking cop anywhere else ever again.
1: No, and I think that was part of the deal, is he can't ever be a cop again. Well... I mean, I don't know how they're going to pull her, that off, but.
0: Her body language, just watching the, just listening to the audio, it's not quite clear, but with her body language, when you watch the video of that clip that I extracted that audio from, um, she says, well, for at least the CHP, because I don't know that. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah,
0: I don't know that the C because it's the CHP that pays out the settlement. So I don't know that they can control whether he goes to work for Ferguson, Missouri, right the police department there you know yeah
1: so that's a bummer
0: as long as she's not roaming the streets in ferguson i think she'll be safe so that's good news very 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 happy and we'd like to know what you think do you think it's too harsh one and a half million dollars do you think him losing his job and never being able to uh be a a police officer again you think that's too harsh uh let us know six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine that is the number to leave a less than three minute voicemail or a text.
1: And you can use all the profanity you want.
0: Yeah. No iTunes, uh, censorship there. We fucking let it fly. So moving on, another kind of a follow up story. Uh, this one involves the NFL, but it involves Bill Simmons, who is a, he's a, a sports columnist and podcast host for ESPN. I guess ultimately he's an ESPN employee. Who has been suspended for three weeks for things that he said on his podcast? He had um Jimmy Kimmel's cousin, cousin Sal, on the show with him. I guess he's a regular participant on the show. I don't listen to the show, but um, you probably shouldn't say that. Well, I might now if I know, I know that he's <laughs> fucking telling it like it is all yeah, the time. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Bill Simmons went off about Roger Goodell and had some very choice words to say, and like I said, he wasn't beating around the bush.
2: How many smart men that wear a suit have to see that tape before they say, this is going to be bad, and we we have to be on the right side of this?
4: I just think not enough is being made out of the fact that they knew about the tape, and they knew it was on it. Goodell, if he didn't know what was on that tape, he's a liar. I'm just saying it. He is lying. I think that dude is lying. If you put him up on a lie detector test, that guy would fail. And,
1: but and for all lying these people or, or, to pretend or.
4: they didn't know is is such bullshit. It really is. It's such bullshit And for him to go in that press conference and yeah. pretend otherwise, I was so insulted.
2: Right. Well, I, I mean, really was. Is, is nobody going to lose their job over this? Because if he didn't know about it, which I think he did, his, his first-in-command for sure knew about it. Like they didn't keep the secret from everybody. It's right. just the Ravens' dirty little secret.
4: But so. that's the thing. When you're the leader, you're in charge, and that's it. And you That's take right. accountability and the people work for you and ultimately they represent you. And if, if you screwed up as an institution in some way, take accountability for it. And he, the, the best point that a lot of people have made about this is that this is exactly why he find, he fined and suspended Sean Payton for a season. Mm-hmm. Sean Payton was like, I didn't know. He's like, well, ignorance is not a whatever and, and suspended him for a year. This is the same exact situation. And I'm
0: pausing that. It goes on for a little bit longer, but, um, well, that's the awesome thing about the mixer. I can pause in the middle. Right. Or we can yak while the clip is playing, although that would be terrible broadcasting. That is an awesome point that Bill Simmons makes. That Sean Payton, and for those of you who aren't sports fans or aren't Americans and don't watch American football, Sean Payton is the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. And there was a a bounty scandal where they were paying bonuses if you hurt another player on the defense for the New Orleans Saints, and that is against the rules. It's it's terrible, and it's, it's not in the spirit of fair play that they strive for or they say they strive for in the NFL. And when Sean Payton ultimately proved he didn't know about it, Roger Goodell said that same thing. He said, it doesn't matter that you didn't know. You're the top of the rung. You're suspended for an entire fucking season. They suspended him for 16 games the entire season. And they also did the same thing to the defensive coordinator. So Roger Goodell, and I never thought about this, he should be made to face his own music, take his own medicine. If he levied a season long suspension against Sean Payton, then he should take the same type of punishment for himself because that's what leadership, good leadership and good management is. So it, The hypocrisy, I mean, I don't think it surprises anybody, but it's fucking terrible. And the clip resumes.
4: It's worse because he knew. And he's a liar. I think Rice, listen, the Ravens released him, so it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. But he has a total case with this appeal because if he went in there and he told Goodell exactly what happened in the tape. Sure. And Goodell or somebody who worked for him had seen the tape. And Goodell's reaction was, you were suspended for two games. You can then no longer go back and change that suspension. Right. Ray Rice isn't playing football this year. It doesn't matter. Right. But Goodell looked at all the evidence, and he said, two games. That was his decision. He had all the evidence. There's nothing he didn't know.
0: I would also like to point out that this is the exact stance I took early on. That Although I thought that...
1: Are you going to play it like an applause drop or or... toot
0: my own horn. Drop. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I I said that it's like double jeopardy and you've made your decision. You've you've set the punishment and then after you get backlash from the public, you want to make it worse. I think it's wrong. I think what he did does merit losing his job for the season. I think for the rest of his life is a little harsh, but for the for the rest of the season, absolutely, I get that, but. Not in this weird double jeopardy bullshit fashion. Right. So anyway, Bill
4: Simmons continues. Yeah. Anyway, this it's whole thing man. really pisses me off, and I don't know why. I, mean, I think I'm getting cranky because I'm turning 45 this week.
2: Yeah, that's right. Big, big birthday. All right, you know what? Maybe I'll let you win. You're down one nothing. Let's, let's
4: I don't like, like liars. I, really. Like I, I, I think just people who, when you know they're lying and they're lying anyway, mm-hmm. those are the worst people. Yeah. Like we know you're lying.
2: I hear you. Look, I, I hate when you cheat on the lines. You say you didn't see it the day before, and then you pick, uh, like, seven exactly. But I, I have to go along with it. That's, so. like,
4: that's why I'm such a weirdo. I have never <laughs> cheat on the lines. It's, like, so important to me. I was, like, in weird, weird integrity about it. And Roger Goodell has no integrity whatsoever. Uh, all right. Let's move on. Green Bay at yeah. Chicago. Sunday. Green Bay at Chicago. I really hope somebody calls me or emails me and says I'm in trouble for anything I say about no, Roger I don't, Goodell. No, I think because it's Because if, if safe. one person says that to me... I'm going public. You leave me alone. We may the commissioner's have to a liar, and I get to talk about that on my podcast. Thank there you. There you
2: go. We'll bleep the F and the BS, maybe,
4: but the otherwise... We'll bleep that. Yeah, we can bleep that. Yeah. Please, call me and say I'm in trouble. I dare you. You are fired up. And here's my other point.
0: I think... Well, one, I think if ESPN decides that they want to suspend him for three weeks, I believe that's fine, because they've got a brand to protect, and... He's just talking off the top of his head. He's not, he has no evidence that Roger Goodell had the tape. It's, it's just, he's postulating. So I understand ESPN firing him. I think that's fine, but here's my, they didn't
1: fire him. They suspended him.
0: I'm sorry. Yeah, suspended him. Here's my thing though. I think he did it on purpose. Why is that? Well, he talks about he's he's getting ready to turn 45. Maybe he wanted to take an epic 45th birthday party trip. <laughs> right. And knew he would get suspended because he keeps agitating after he says it. Yeah. And if anybody calls me, you go ahead. You fucking try to call me and yeah. you see what I'm going to do. He's, he's goading them to give him some time off to go take a three-week wonderful excursion. You know.
1: Epic vacation. Yeah, right. 45.
0: You know, if that's all I got to do, hey, Roger Goodell. Fuck you, man. You're a dick. (laughs) Is somebody going to give me a vacation now?
1: (laughs) No. No, no one's going to do that for you.
0: That is a bummer. So anyway, uh, you know, good for you. That was me clapping. That wasn't a sound effect. That would have been a fucking terrible sound effect. I know. Uh, Good for Bill Simmons. I'm glad that there's somebody out there who is not afraid to take the heat, even if it was premeditated, so to speak. So good for him. So listen, one more time, we're going to talk about the Amazon link on dollamore.com. It's up at the sh- support the show up in the corner. Um we, We're we doing this for free. Brittany and I slog away day after day and week after week, putting out quality content for you. We're not asking you to spend any more money than you would spend normally. But if you're going to shop at Amazon, use the search bar on dollamore.com in the support the show uh, part of the show, uh part of the site. And uh, you can buy a book or NFL jerseys and sports equipment or anything that they can get there.
1: Right. How was that? That That was was nice. That was, you sold it.
0: Professional yeah. is what that's called.
1: I think that everyone is going to run to the Amazon link now.
0: I think what I need to do is send this tape into KFI because they're looking for a new sports reporter. Yeah. And, uh, that would be the portion of the tape that I would provide. right <laughs> Please there. don't. That yeah. is
1: self-sabotage right there. That's,
0: that's my, my, uh, my professional resume reel that mm-hmm. I would send in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's what I do. So, we're going to move on. Something a little bit more serious and a little bit uh, of more import.
1: It's also kind of funny, though. Well,
0: I think it's very funny. Um, ISIS. Oh, I mean ISIL. And as a reminder, everybody, uh, apparently Tuesday, we're going to be doing an interview with um, ISIS Martinez, the lady who has the uh, the petition to get people to stop or getting the government to stop referring to the... Iraqi state of Islamic state of Israel <laughs> whatever
1: it is. This is you're just on a roll right now. I know. Fuck. Wow.
0: No, well now I I'm thinking about how I fucked up and now I'm consistently focused on that and not focused on what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah.
1: Just just use the ISIL ISIS so don't ISIS talk about what is it is. The
0: Islamic state of Iraq and Syria is mm-hmm. what it stands for.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All that's gonna stay too. Okay. And She wants them to be. Anyway, she's coming up on this on next episode, hopefully, and that'll be a good time. In the meantime, we'll talk about ISIL. And apparently there's a report that many of these men are very afraid of women and afraid of being murdered or killed in battle by a woman because it will apparently take away their privilege to 72 virgins in the afterlife.
1: Right. These ISIL soldiers apparently believed that if they were killed in battle, they went to paradise as long as they were killed by a man. (laughs) So female soldiers are communicating their satisfaction with the fact that they had taken the fight to ISIL and had stopped the advance, turned back the advance, slayed a number of these fighters who would then run away from them.
0: Right. That's awesome.
1: So... I mean, these men are running away from women because they're afraid that they won't go to heaven if they're killed by a woman.
0: I've read two things. I've read both that going to heaven, period, but then I've also heard that it's when you get to heaven, you're going to be sans 72 virgins.
1: I also see a quote in this article that they believe they'll go to hell. Oh, wow. So, either way, it's a bad situation.
0: Yeah, well... To be honest with you, I think having seventy-two virgins and that's all you get to have sex with for the rest of your life—that's kind of a hell in and of itself. Mm. Because I've heard stories, and that's not a good time all the time.
1: Yeah, I, you... I haven't heard these stories. I don't know if I well, want to. Wouldn't, so, wouldn't
0: you want? Wouldn't you want a slew of just loose, dirty, experienced whores who know what they're doing?
1: Wow wow you wouldn't want
0: inexperience you want seasoned fucking veterans right you just
1: said loose whores (laughs) you just said loose dirty whores (laughs) is that really what you
0: am i am i facing the three-week suspensions now (laughs) Hmm.
1: oh yikes loose dirty whores everybody that's what jesse d likes chill. Mm, that's perfect. <laughs> See, that's the other bad thing is that I don't have access to anything. I can't do any drops, but you read my mind, which was perfect.
0: Yeah, well, that's what I do. So anyway, no 72 virgins and possibly hell for the men. These ruthless, brutal, decapitating monsters that are running away from women by the droves, in the droves.
1: It's perfect. I love it.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. So, we have a report. Here's a news story. Um, a man was found with over 100,000 videos of child pornography on his computer.
1: He had stored tens of thousands of child porn videos and photos on a computer in his office at his workplace.
0: Wow. That's... So, he
1: wasn't even trying to be sly about it, I guess, because having it on your work computer... That's bold. ...seems even worse than having it on your personal computer. I mean in terms of well, it's more, wanting to get caught. It's
0: more brazen for sure. Right. Is there any anything else of interest in the story that we, we might like to know other than a perv, a sickening perverted human being had uh, over 100,000 videos and photos of children being raped and Portrait ostensibly.
1: Well, well, we'll say he's 66 years old. Okay. We'll also talk about just a little bit more about the videos. Some of um, the videos show teenage boys forced to perform sexual acts on themselves mm. as well as adults. All right. And... More than 86,000 pornographic photos are archived in several category-based folders, so it's, like, organized.
0: So he really put in the effort there. Right. Wow. And
1: and then investigators are saying that at least another 45,000 pictures have been deleted, while a second stash of material was found on a laptop that he uses to travel on his trips abroad. Wow. Now, who are we talking about? Well, let's...
0: His employer, um... I, I'm kind of curious to know what kind of an employer would, uh, would allow this to go on.
1: Well, the computer where he kept his porn in his office was at the Holy See diplomatic mm. compound in the Dominican Republic. That's uh, right, everybody. He's an course, archbishop.
0: An archbishop, not just a, a lowly priest of some parish. He's an archbishop in the ca- Catholic Church possessing over 100,000 videos of the rape and and uh, abuse of children right
1: his name is Archbishop Joseph Wesolowski
0: Wesolowski yeah yeah it's like he's like a character on Monsters Inc
1: (laughs) Mike Wesolowski yeah (laughs) so um we should talk about that someday
0: what's uh what's happened to him
1: The former clergyman was placed under house arrest in a pre-trial detention at the Vatican earlier this week. He has been detained in a small room in the basement of a covenant located in the same building hosting Vatican's court and military police in the famous Santa Marta Square. Hmm. Investigators are also probing whether there was a network of people who helped him to set up sexual encounters and if he committed other abuse during his previous posts around the world. Wow. Wow. Of course, that wouldn't be a surprise because we all know that the Catholic Church is known for discovering a pedophile and then moving them to a different location where they can have access to new children and the parents don't know that this person has this background. So if someone knows history about this person, come forward, get him in trouble, and that would be great.
0: Well, they need to get the authorities involved and not just their fucking... Vatican police.
1: That's true. God I damn. mean, until that problem stops happening, I don't know when a solution is going to come from all this.
0: It's terrible. So moving on. Um, we have more, more data from that Pew Research poll that we talked about last time. Except this one is, is, uh, very disturbing to me in a lot of ways. It was more reactions and what people think about homosexuality and homosexual relationships
1: the big thing that was in the news recently is can you refuse services to homosexuals based on your religious convictions was the phrasing? Yeah. Is that what is the? Mm-hmm. And so they kind of, they surveyed people on whether or not they believed homosexual behavior is sinful. And the total, just overall population, 50% of people said it was a sin.
0: That is shocking to me.
1: It is shocking to me as well.
0: I mean, that's, that's half. Right. Fully half of the respondents,
1: right, and so the they broke it down into religious categories as well. The number one category that finds homosexual behavior sinful are white evangelicals by eighty two percent.
0: Shocking, shocking.
1: Then in second place you have black Protestants at seventy seven percent, and this was shocking to me. The lowest was the unaffiliated, but it was nineteen percent of unaffiliated said that homosexual behavior is a sin, and who.
0: Well, it would be straight Well, uh, th- that's the problem with the term unaffiliated, because what exactly does that mean?
1: Right. I know it includes, you know, agnostics, atheists, and that flavor, but apparently it can just mean that you don't belong to a church, but still...
0: Consider you identify as a Christian. Right. Yeah. Because
1: that seems... You're, ha- you're holding a, th- that, a religious I, position.
0: I believe that they should have another category, which would be like Christian other.
1: That That would probably be good.
0: Because if you identify as Christian, you, because who are these people that are, that, well, first of all, even the concept of sin itself is one that I don't know that I would buy into. Right. It's not, so someone who's unaffiliated, I don't know. I think that that's a little bit, maybe we should uh, we should get a hold of Conrad Hackett, have him on the show, and talk to him about exactly what the fuck they're doing over there.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, they should break it down like non-denominational Christian.
0: Yeah, no? yeah, I guess, but non-denominational can mean so many different things. I-, I think that it's, if you self-identify as other, then you should be in the other category. But if you identify as Christian at all, you shouldn't be in the unaffiliated, because yeah. you are a fucking affiliated.
1: Yeah, but and that's the other thing that people, when they pick and choose what they believe from the Bible and then right. they don't identify. They're like, well, I'm not a real Christian because I'm not judgmental and I don't believe all this. I, but don't I believe, believe this part. I
0: don't believe in religion.
1: Yeah, that. <laughs> so it's the,
0: the Jefferson Bethke school of Christianity.
1: Right. And that you're not unaffiliated. You're still attached yes. to Christianity Come on, people. But so they they went into this data here and they found a close link between the views of whether or not homosexual behavior is a sin and requiring businesses to provide services for same-sex weddings. Mm-hmm. Specifically, among those who say homosexual behavior is a sin, six in 10 say that businesses should not be required to provide services for same-sex weddings. Ugh. So six in
0: 10. 60%.
1: Right. And among those who say homosexual behavior is not a sin, two-thirds say businesses should be required to service same-sex weddings. And it's disturbing to me that these people don't see a connection between their beliefs about whether or not someone can say, yeah, I'm not going to serve a gay person, and yeah, I'm not going to serve a black person.
0: There are still churches in the South, well, probably elsewhere too, that believe that interracial marriage is sin. They still believe that. So and in the 50s and in the 40s and prior to that, that was a very common belief in Christian churches that interracial marriage was a sin. So if that's their religious belief, should they be allowed to not serve a black and a white couple that come in? I mean, that, it it's completely fucking ludicrous, but if you bring that point to them, they, oh no, that's that's not at all. You're just being extreme. Not being extreme, being very rational, And reasonable
1: right the historical documentary 12 years a slave (laughs) i'm making a joke (laughs) um (laughs) showed the connection between racism slavery and the bible that was prominently displayed in that historical documentary and (laughs) so (laughs) you know it illustrates that connection so it's not just that Oh, that's completely out of the realm. That's, you know, that's real discrimination. Me saying I don't want to photograph a gay couple. That's not really discrimination. That's just my personal belief. Yeah, there are personal beliefs that are racist. Well, too. The,
0: the, the other problem with it is, is that your Christian, your Christian communities now are they're twisting the argument and saying by by making me serve g- gays like at a wedding, if I'm a cake maker. If you make me make a cake for that gay wedding, you are taking away my religious liberties. <laughs> so they they they, po- they they pose the argument as though they're the ones being persecuted. It's the same thing with the fucking war on Christmas. Right. Which by the way, we didn't even plan to talk about this, but we were in the mall a few days ago and we were in Fashion Island in Newport Beach, which is a an ultra high-end douchey mall and we were in a store and they had how many christmas trees in that one little area
1: it was quite it was too many
0: i'll post the. i have video and photos i will post them on the facebook wall but this whole entire you're treading on me you're attacking me there's a war on christmas is very prevalent right now and unfortunately it's it's getting it's getting a lot of traction. And I guess mainly it's getting traction for one reason, and I think everybody knows. Fox News. It's getting so much traction strictly because of the the scourge that has that Fox News has become. They're they're a caricature of what they used to be accused of being. And they're 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 for they're furthering. And moving forward, this argument that Christians are being persecuted for their faith, for, for their not allowed, if they're not allowed to persecute other people, that's their persecution. And it's fucking wrong. Because there is no persecution of Christians. They are 86, 89% of the country. And Christ- Christmas is certainly, there is no war on Christmas. As evidenced by those fucking the pictures in the video I took the other day.
1: Well, the assault on Christians and Christianity is obviously not having an effect on their behavior or their views. Because they asked this question a year ago, is homosexual behavior sinful? Yeah. And 45% said it was sinful. And now 50% say it's sinful. Well,
0: when you amp up the rhetoric, like Fox News has done, that's what happens. It emboldens their position. They're, they're prideful about it about their hatred and their bigotry. And that's what it is. I mean, one might be able to argue. One might, might be able to argue that it's not hatred. But there's no fucking way anybody can argue that it's not bigotry. Because it, it is maltreatment of those who are different than themselves. That's fucking bigotry.
1: Yeah. And it just seems very, I don't know, I would feel dirty if someone came into my business and I said, yeah, I can't serve you because... I disagree with your lifestyle.
0: Well, you're a decent person. Of course, you would feel dirty. They don't feel dirty because, oh, fuck, it's so dis- it's ah, it's maddening for me and so disheartening because they say it's because of sin.
1: Yeah, what does that mean? It's
0: well, it's fucking dumb because what about other sins? What about people who have affairs? Are are you going to are you going to bake a cake for for Jimmy Swaggard, who had an affair on his wife? Well, he had a, a stripper or a, a prostitute dance on a dresser while he jerked off in a chair. Are you going to make a cake for him? Because he's a sinner.
1: Well, and it's funny because I will see people, you know, supporting this kind of belief about gay marriage and, and serving gay people. But then they'll share their support of Herman Cain in the next election. Right. Herman Cain is, yeah, he's morally sound. Right. Right. He he didn't cheat on his wife. He's not a terrible person. That's- or Newt Gingrich. Right, Newt Gingrich, who cheated on his wife that was dying of cancer.
0: Right. Or John Edward. Yeah. Or Bill Clinton. Yeah. They're they're all, you know, good Christian men who have just had failings. But if you're gay, that's that's the unforgivable sin in the eyes of the judgmental Christian who has been um told by Jesus not to judge, lest they be judged. And with what level of judgment they use on everybody else, it's going to be used on them by the Father when they get to heaven. So they just, but they're going to ignore that because they're just doing what God wants. They're listening to God's voice. I don't know why I'm giving them a Southern accent. Clearly not all bigots are from the South. There are, it just seems unintelligent to me. So Yeah, they're
1: everywhere. (laughs) Calm down. I did just find though that there were 409 unaffiliated in the sample size. Huh. It was a total number of 2002 people.
0: All right. So I still think we should get a hold of Conrad Haggett and see if he would be willing to come on and talk about when they encounter those types of uh, loose numbers at the end. The the other category, you know, where they're just trying to wrap it up.
1: I'm also trying to see what was included in the other and I can't find yeah. it. So,
0: well, you seem to have a pretty good open dialogue with him on Twitter He always responds to your tweets, so I'll leave it up to you to try to get him on the show.
1: I'm trying to get him to be my BFF. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to do that with a lot of people.
0: Yeah, you and Paul Bloom and everybody else.
1: Right. Every time he favorites my tweet, (laughs) I'm like, oh, closer to being my best friend.
0: (laughs) So, uh, another story, very interesting, in Norway, Denmark? Norway. In Norway, those Scandinavians, they love to innovate. Um they have an ambulance system specific for the mentally ill
1: right and it was it's a program created by a psychiatric nurse who you know in her career saw too many people coming in in handcuffs having been pepper sprayed by police that were just mentally ill and right. they they weren't being helped in the proper way they were being arrested and assaulted and it, it was just unnecessary so she started a new Ambulance, And it looks just like a regular ambulance, but the calls get filtered. You know, if someone calls 911, that person decides if it's psychiatric or if it's medical. And if it's psychiatric, they send this psychiatric ambulance that looks just like a medical ambulance. And there's only one of them, though, right now. Well,
0: it's not a big country.
1: Okay, well, it's it's serving a town of 250,000, running from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of people to serve with just one ambulance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so unlike police officers or regular paramedics who focus mainly on rushing patients to the hospital, the nurses take the time to interview family members and anyone else living with the patient. On board the ambulance, the patient sits in a chair instead of lying on a stretcher Hmm. because, you know, if they're not having a serious medical problem, they obviously don't need to be laying down or tied down to a stretcher. They're
0: not. I'm sure it's more relaxing to not be fucking strapped or handcuffed down.
1: Yeah, exactly. And instead of being filled with paramedics, there's two psychiatric nurses and one paramedic Hmm. to kind of meet the individual's needs of any kind of mental health care. So it's specifically designed to help that population. Yeah, that's great. And I think it's great because, you know, the police do not know how to handle mental health situations. Right. That's been proved again and again and again in the news. And Well,
0: we just talked about it with the CHP officer who beat the shit out of that lady.
1: Right. So we need more programs that are directed toward helping these people. They don't need to be taken to jail they need to be taken to a hospital where they can be treated and, and they can receive the help they need. And I think this would be a good thing to have in the United States as well.
0: I think that, I think it goes, we could take it a step further though, because obviously cops need to be educated more on it. But I think the healthcare industry in general needs to be educated on mental illness because that's part of healthcare. Mental health. It's health. Um, I think that uh, it it could go a long way if they were so educated that we didn't need a separate fucking ambulance system because EMTs, they were well-versed about psychology and about mental illness. Right. Where you don't necessarily have to call the cops for backup if there's someone acting erratic.
1: Right. And that's what this article talks about is that ever since this has been a thing, the police just are not called to psychiatric situations anymore. Right. They don't need to be there, you know, unless it's really, really intense, and maybe they need to just oversee the situation. But otherwise, they aren't needed. Why are you here? We have mental health professionals that can deal with the situation. Well, I think
0: oftentimes also what happens is if you get cops involved, well, we're here, we're going to do something. We're not just going to fucking stand around and not do anything, and then the situation just naturally gets escalated.
1: Right. And in this article, they write about Amsterdam having faced similar situations with the police using too much force and coercion, behaving like, you know, a typical cop that you hear about. And it's just unnecessary. These people are sick. They don't need someone, you know, assaulting them.
0: That's exactly right. Well, it's such a very disheartening because they, they are sick and they see the world differently. Through a broken lens, yeah, than a normal person, so for you you can't it's like you always say about putting normal parameters on an on an abnormal situation right or judging an abnormal situation through a normal lens, and that's I think that's the main problem that we have relative to these types of issues, especially with authority figures like cops,
1: yeah, and the media also does the mental health community a disservice by in Using inflammatory stories or language and putting them front and center when, you know, someone happens to be mentally ill and happens to go on a violent rampage. Typically, mentally ill people are targets of violence rather than the aggressor in violent situations. it's,
0: It's wildly disproportionate how much they are the victim of violence than they are the purveyor. Of violence. Right, and yeah. you
1: wouldn't know that by watching the news, because when there's a Batman theater shooting, they need to have a psychologist on who doesn't know the guy, doesn't know the right. situation, and is making an assessment. Well, and then
0: you also hear everyone saying, using the word fucking evil, it's just, it's pure evil, this or that, it's not fucking evil. Right. It's something's broken inside their brain. They did something wrong, they should maybe be isolated from the public for the rest of their lives, so they're not a danger to anybody else, but right. it's not evil. It's not the devil inside them.
1: Yeah, and I think whenever you see like schizophrenic simulations, Anderson Cooper did one recently.
0: Remarkable. And
1: he talked about just how terrifying it was that it was hard for him to even walk down the street with the with the voices in the earphones. He
0: he talked about because it's he he's he has these headphones on that are constantly talking to him as though he's schizophrenic. Right, and he says. They're either making, wanting him to be aggressive and do bad things or they're berating him. Right. And he said, while while having the video or the audio in his ears all day, because he did it like a a half a day or something. Yeah. He said that toward the end of it, he knew it was all imaginary or just voices in in the headphones, but it affected his mood where he, he was agitated by the end of the day. It didn't, it wasn't just it affected his entire mood and his entire being just even being able to rationalize that that's not real. That's or that's, you know, I'm just faking this. This is just a simulation. Right. And I just have headphones
1: that I can take off whenever I want. Imagine being sick and really having a severe situation like that where you don't know what's real. You don't know what's not. And then a police officer comes and pepper sprays you.
0: Right. Or hits you. Well, then I think a lot of times that would probably or it could very well play into their delusions because a lot of schizophrenics in the United States, especially the United States, have issues with authority and, you know, the tinfoil hats and the government spying on them and all that. It's, it only exacerbates the problem to handcuff them, to strap them to a, it would piss me off. And I'm relatively mentally stable. <laughs> Relatively, (laughs) but it would I would go into a fucking rage if I was strapped to a board when I wasn't being problematic or violent. That would it would make me violent.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So just imagine how these people are supposed to react when this is happening to them. Yeah. It's like the Kelly Thomas situation, which I wish we would have had the podcast when Kelly Thomas happened. Oh, my God.
0: This would have been the Kelly Thomas show.
1: Yeah. would have.
0: We we really wouldn't have done anything other than that.
1: Definitely replace Pat Robertson with Kelly Thomas. It's what would have happened.
0: That is right,
1: and he was the schizophrenic man who was beaten by Fullerton police. well, I think beaten to death by Fullerton police. Excuse me,
0: I think that we need to i think we need to maybe reserve not just reserve this sound effect for Pat Robertson. We need to maybe spread the wealth around a little bit that when we we find a a Catholic archbishop that has a hundred thousand images and videos. Of child abuse, we—it's uh,
1: very apropos.
0: We break out the sound mm-hmm. because it's not just Pat Robertson who is an evil, terrible douche. There are many, many out there, plenty who deserve that delicious little lick. Yes. Yeah.
1: And it's our job to talk about it to get everyone pumped about getting rid of these pricks, right? (laughs) Wow. Sorry, I got excited.
0: Pumped about getting rid of these pricks. Yeah. I think I know what clip I'm going to isolate and put at the end (laughs) of the show, everybody. Which, by the way, if you're not listening to the very end of the show, I know I've said this a couple times, but you're missing out because we always leave a little, little tasty nugget at the end right before the show ends all the way. So we are going to wrap it up with this. Um... Loyal listener Allison, loyal caller Allison, loyal contributor to the show, maybe that's her new moniker, contributor to the show, Allison, uh, sent us an article about sex ed, and it was uh from, I guess, The Guardian, which is a British, pretty far left newspaper in Britain, and they are talking about sex education, and they invited their their readers to share their experiences with what sex ed was for them and these are some of the tweets that they got or do you have more information about exactly what was going on
1: well i want to talk about our sex education experiences before we read other people's. Oh, okay sure. did you have any
0: um n- go ahead i'll maybe i'll think about it
1: well, I was you, always you
0: sprung that on me, so I
1: was always jealous of the people that got to put condoms on bananas and stuff like that.
0: We never did that
1: because that would have been so fun for me. But I don't really remember a lot of sex ed. I know that when I was in fifth grade, they had the boys go this way, girls yeah. go this way, same
0: same age, same grade for us. You taught
1: yeah. us about our period.
0: well, we didn't even get sex ed in until sixth grade. So you guys get it a year before boys do,
1: oh. Oh, yeah. so they with, just take the boys take, out and go somewhere else? That's
0: right. With, with they just go...
1: Run around the yard.
0: That's right. They they don't go to their own sex ed class. They have to wait till the next year. Because I remember I remember very well having sex ed in sixth grade and all the giggles and the teacher being fucking aggravated and,
1: hmm. you know, grow
0: up. We're goddamn kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 11 years old.
1: Yeah. That's boner right.
0: is a funny word. Oh, fuck I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a grown man and boner is a funny word.
1: Yeah. I just laughed at it um boner yeah but i <laughs> and then they you know they broke out the tampons and the pads but i don't remember if that also contained sex education and so i remember maybe in middle school it happened too i took classes in high school i think that involved it but nothing was like significant to me uh,
0: even in high school when we had health or whatever the fuck it, there was nothing of really any any informational um significance that went on about sex ed
1: my mom was just an open book so i heard more than i ever could have dreamed from her no kidding so i'll just read some of these tweets of other people's experiences and this person said, we had packing tape put on our arms and ripped off to simulate what sex was going to be like emotionally slash physically.
0: Goddamn. Well, they also, in these tweets, they don't say whether they went to a Christian school or a public school or any kind of parochial setup. They just they just say what their sex ed experience was.
1: Right. They They tweeted with the hashtag SRE now, and they were just asked to give what their experience was of school sex and so, relationship education.
0: S R E Now. Sierra Romeo Echo Now.
1: Jesse was a Marine, everybody.
0: That's not why I did that. Because it could be F R E, like Foxtrot.
1: Right. But how do you Sierra, how do you know all those?
0: I just know everyone knows those. No, Brittany. they don't. They just everyone knows. No, they do not. I was in the Marine. The <laughs> <way>. <laughs> okay. So so anyway, if you want to search these hashtags. This hashtag, S-R-E now, you can find some of these yourself, too.
1: This person said, I was lucky. In school at age 13, they blindfolded us and had us spin around and then put a condom on a banana. I'm guessing to simulate being drunk and trying to put on a condom? (laughs) Really? I I don't know. Why would they spin them around and make it like a game? Maybe
0: it was a fun party game, like spin the tail on the donkey.
1: (laughs) Oh, wow. No? That seems like a great time. (laughs) This person said, my experience of sex ed in school, absolutely none. Wow. So that's probably not good.
0: I know. I know. Well, actually, I know a few people that went to either Christian school or were homeschooled. And maybe we should try to get one of them or multiple of them either to call in 657-464-7609. And I'll probably reach out to you also. But call in leave a leave a voicemail about what their experience in sex ed was but then maybe even get somebody on the show and and uh, have a little Skype interview and talk about it
1: I want to hear from everybody what their sex ed education was sex ed education did I just do that
0: I would I'd love to know specifically Lisa what what went on there because when she was in school
1: Oh, homeschooling.
0: No, she was Christian schooled. Oh,
1: oh, okay. Like
0: Jesus riding a dinosaur kind of a fucking thing going on.
1: Yikes. Yeah. So there's no sex involved there.
0: I'd like to, I'd like to find out exactly what was going on there. But if you, audience, if you have your own, um, specifically Christian, but uh, any interesting story would be good. 657 464 7609. You can leave a less than three minute voicemail or, of course, text us.
1: So the general point of the article was that there's no emphasis on homosexual relationships, LGBT. Right. There's no emphasis on consent. There's no discussion about rape. There's no discussion about domestic violence and coercion and these kind of things that occur.
0: That was an interesting point. That was an. Int- I thought that was a uh, was good. The whole consent thing, because now I know now we're talking about the rape culture and all that stuff, and I think it, we've made it very clear that we don't. I don't believe there's a rape culture in our country. Um, but I do think talking about consent is a good idea. That no does mean no. But you need to go into more detail than just no means no. Cause it, it's like say no to drugs or all the little quirky fucking sayings that get developed. They, they just become that, just a saying. No one really thinks about what they mean. And if you go into detail with students, Talking about how you are your own person and no one gets to do with your body anything that you don't want to have happen. That's an important thing that schools are remiss from teaching.
1: Right. And it's going a little too far in some areas. The Ohio State University consent form thing where you have to, if you're making out or you're going to have sex, you have to come to an agreement about why you are choosing to do that.
0: Yeah, fucking weird. <laughs> isn't
1: there just one universal reason? Right. And bang. regarding the who, what, where, when, and why, and how this sexual activity will take place.
0: Well, that's it. And then they also, there's an odd age requirement that if you're over 13 years old, isn't it? It is. that That is what it is.
1: Yeah. 13, I would have to search for it. 13 years
0: old. That's... Come on. That's a little fucking young.
1: Well, it's weird language to have for a university consent form. Right, right. But I also think going back to the consent and everything like that, those are important things to talk about. And of course, you know, you need to take into consideration the age with which these things happen. And probably the period is good in fifth grade. Probably start talking about rape when people are likely to start having sex. Yeah. Likely in middle school. Yeah.
0: I, I, would, I would even say, uh, you, you, you should start talking about it just prior. Not when, when they are likely to, but if you catch them a year before or six months before, like kind of that average age, I think that would be probably more beneficial.
1: And I do remember actually in fifth grade, I'm having a flood of memories come back to me yeah, yeah. where they did talk about personal space and your body. Oh, really? And being touched. And huh. if you're being touched inappropriately, you need to tell somebody. And they did talk about abuse in that context and so that's good that they did that but another thing i feel like is important that needs to be added to these discussions and i always harp on this is you, har- this-
0: you harp on a lot of stuff
1: that's true you're
0: a harper the
1: cycles typically of- i'm the harpy right the cycles of <laughs> abuse addiction and poverty yeah so a lot of times students that are in school are experiencing domestic violence at home they've been abused whether it be sexually physically or mentally they come from a one-parent household. They come from poverty. And all these things need to be addressed in terms of school's important. You need to get right. an education. Well, there's... You need to learn about these cycles and where you are likely to be headed given what you've experienced.
0: The theory and thought and, and everything surrounding what's called repetition compulsion is not too advanced for a young age. And right. I think getting that in, in your kids' heads, and you don't even have to single anybody out, it's, look, if, if your parents didn't go to school, we're not saying they didn't, but if, you know, you just generally, what's going to happen is you're not going to end up going to college. And you can absolutely do it. Yeah. That there's nothing standing in your way of going to college. Right. So I think starting early with that type of, and they could dumb down the curriculum and develop something specific to teach these kids that sky's the limit for you.
1: Right. And repetition compulsion, just to define it, since Jesse just used it, is the unconscious reenacting of traumas. So if you've been abused as a child and then you go on to either be in a relationship with someone who's going to abuse your child or you go on to abuse a child, that's repetition compulsion. Right. And you see it everywhere. That's why there are cycles of abuse, addiction and poverty. It's
0: like Adrian Peterson. Exactly. Whips his child until he bleeds with a weapon.
1: Because his dad did that. And then
0: when he's addressed, when he gets asked about it, well, my dad did it to me and I turned out okay. Right. That's the kind of thing. Right. So, anyway.
1: And uh, I know these are all topics that are a little heavy for kids to hear about, but I learned about all this from Loveline. I started listening to Loveline when I was 12. And it taught me about all this. And I had nowhere else to learn it. And if I hadn't learned where I was likely headed being a victim of abuse and being from a single parent household, things would have been different for me. Right. Things would have been completely different for me because I didn't know. Right. And then I heard about it. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm going to I'm going to grow up and make these choices and be like this because of what I've experienced. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be different.
0: That would be a good get for the show. What? You need to work on uh, Drew on Drew.
1: Yeah, I wish. (laughs)
0: Well, with that note, I think we're going to wrap it up. Listen, we, this is yet another episode down. We love you. Next episode is 60. You've been with us for 60, over 60 hours of programming. And we we love and appreciate you spending every single minute. Why are you shaking your head and it smiling? It just feels
1: like a lot. It just feels weird. Yeah, It doesn't seem like we should be to 60 yet. Yeah,
0: no shit. It's, it's remarkable. I'm, I'm very prideful about what we do, and it pride in a good way. I feel proud of what we're doing here and the reaction we get from the audience. It's a it's an awesome thing that we have dedicated, loyal fans and listeners who are not only willing to give of their hard-earned money on that Patreon account, but they're they're willing to to spend their time, their precious time listening to us and getting involved with the conversation.
1: Yes. Sending us articles, which we love sending us topics and also sending us texts, voicemails and messages. We love that. Send us more voicemails and give us your feedback. It
0: happens all the time. And, but we listen, we, we love it. We, we appreciate you very, very, and it's, it's, it's nothing but genuine. I, I It's not just something I'm saying. I fucking mean it. You guys mean the world to us and we appreciate it very, very much. So we'll leave you with that. listen, be genuine, everybody. That's that's uh that's my advice for the episode. Be good to each other and be genuine. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It.
1: And it's our job to talk about it, to get everyone pumped about getting rid of these pricks.